Hey folks, welcome to e-commerce 360. Today we are meeting Jire, uh, the man behind Nigeria's leading footwear brand, Kicks, uh, which has been featured in Origin Africa, the African Fashion Show Nigeria, ENCA News, and CNN African Voices. Hey Jire, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Uh, so, Jide, uh, just before uh, we got on this show, I was reading about um, Kicks uh, from concept to product. It was truly inspiring. But let us know from you, how did you uh, get inspired to start this shoes or footwear brand? Well, uh, my, my story actually starts from a personal challenge. I started wearing my dad's shoes when I was about nine. Uh, and then I lost both my parents at the age of 11. So I ended up growing up uh, with my maternal grandparents uh, and uncles and aunties. Um, and over the next couple of years, my feet continued to grow uh, until I became a U.S. size 14. Uh, so basically, you know, I struggled a lot to find shoes that were the right size for me uh, or the right color initially at an early age. And then as I got older, obviously, with the big size meant I also had limited options. Uh, and then, in, so in 2015, I decided to solve that personal challenge of mine. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I headed out to Netherlands um, to a school called SLEM, uh, mm -hmm. where I learned how to make shoes from scratch. Um, you know, I spent a couple of months there. But beyond that, I wanted to do something different. Um, I wanted to create a product that could inspire people. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, helping people connect to their roots, tell them stories about Africa, as well as inspiration in general about things going on around us, around the world. Uh, and then also find a creative way to give back because I was literally raised by a community. So find a creative way to also give back to community. And so Kicks uh, was born through that um, Kickstarter campaign that we ran in 2015. Uh, mm -hmm. We raised about $20,000 then uh, from the crowdfunding campaign. Uh, and these were basically pre-orders from different parts of the world. Uh, and following that, we basically just started to build up the company uh, as an e-commerce company initially. Uh, we've got a warehouse in the back end, but predominantly we've, using, we've used e-commerce as a major tool for driving uh, the growth of the business. Awesome. So it's a very soulful story that you have related. Um, but I'm assuming you didn't have any experience uh, initially when you started out uh, from an entrepreneur point of view or from an e-commerce, um, you know, sort of ecosystem. You were never exposed to that particular ecosystem. Of course, all of us go online and buy things, but it, right. it is a very different ballgame when you have to actually, you know, build a store on uh, Shopify or on WooCommerce and then, you know, have these uh, challenges like shipping, pricing, uh, designing, packaging. Uh, so how did you uh, overcome these challenges, uh, you know, when you started off with the brand? Well, the first website we built was on WooCommerce. Um, initially, we had to um, engage the services of third parties, people to help us build out the website. Uh, after building out the website, I think one of the key challenges we had was fulfillment. Um, mm -hmm. We started off in Nigeria. I'm currently in the United States. Uh, mm -hmm. We started off in Nigeria. And at that time, payment gateways were not exactly uh, quite prevalent in 2015 mm -hmm. so we had to offer payment on delivery in some mm -hmm. cases we had 
situations where we put up the bank details and then people have to pay to the bank. We'd have to verify that and then try to ship. And so initially, shipping was a, a, a huge challenge for us. And then we also dealt with challenges around trust. Uh, in Africa and in emerging markets like Nigeria, uh, in 2015, people were not entirely uh, trusting of being able to buy products online and get them delivered. So we had to introduce payment on delivery, which mm -hmm. was one of the things that uh, we had also gleaned from the early e-commerce adopters in the marketplace. You know, so that was one of the challenges that one of the key challenges we had uh, in terms of e-commerce at the time. Awesome. Um, so uh, raising capital, that's that's like a huge milestone for any e-commerce business. Why did you make a decision and when did you, you know, make the decision to raise capital? And when do you think is the right time to make that decision to raise capital? Well, uh, as you would understand or as you would imagine with most businesses, there's usually a learning curve uh, mm -hmm. with, with doing a business and then also the need to adapt to the demands of the marketplace. Uh, being in a, in, a, in a fashion and apparel business is very capital intensive. If you want to scale your operations, you obviously need to have products on ground. And then you also want to put forward a lot of marketing budget and spend to be able to generate the kind of demand that you want. And that forces you literally to say, if you want to grow this business to the next level, it's imperative that you have to raise funding. So we basically had to go through multiple rounds of fundraise. Um, as I speak to you right now, uh, I'm in the U.S. We're trying to raise about a million dollars to basically achieve product market fit. Uh, mm -hmm. We started off in Nigeria. We've grown the business over the last couple of years. And then there was also a demand for our products in the U.S. and other markets. And we decided coming here, we, learned, we had to learn very quickly. There was also a need to adapt to a new market. The cost of marketing in the U.S. is totally different from marketing in Africa. It's a lot more. So yeah. you want to grow the business, you have to put in a lot of money. You have to invest a lot in regulatory compliance, pivoting the business, adapting it to a new market space. In some cases, we've also had to do a lot of market research mm -hmm. to realize that some of the color preferences you might have in Africa, being a very mm -hmm. colorful uh, continent, is totally different from the preferences that you have in a country like America where people are a bit more minimalist in terms of their color preferences. So a lot of these things also means you have to put more money in inventory, more money in marketing. And so this has literally, the business has forced us literally to have to raise funding on uh, a periodic basis to scale up the operations. Okay, got it. And um, initially, when you started uh, talking about uh, kicks, you mentioned that, you know, since you were raised by a community, um, this was a channel through which you were paying back to your community. Uh, let us more into what it means uh, for you and for your brand to actually pay it forward to your um, to the African community. Well, currently, one of the key uh, initiatives that we try to do was first to start from inspiration. So a lot of our products tell stories. Uh, mm -hmm. We've had series of uh, collections. One of the first collections we did was uh, a Felakuti collection, talking mm -hmm. about a musical activist, uh, someone who was extremely influential in terms of his time, uh, mm -hmm. basically a human rights activist and musician. And today 
a lot of people around the world hear about Afrobeat, mm -hmm. but he yeah. was the one who started that movement. So a lot of people, whilst they might know the name or not know the name, there was nothing out there as a product that could really tell a story about his life and the impact he created in Africa. So we've told stories through that. For example, we also had something called the Afronauts, which was mm -hmm. one of the collections we did, a Zambian team that wanted to go to space in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. I mean, it became, you know, uh, you know, pop culture in Zambia, but a lot mm -hmm. of people never knew about it in other parts of Africa and around the world. So we put that out uh, through our products. And then the most recent one is called the Love Note, which is a collaboration uh, with a Nigerian uh, DC-based uh, artist called Victor Ekbuk. And, you know, considering what has happened uh, between 2019 to date, uh, the COVID pandemic, you know, the wars, the challenges, the BLM, the, uh, you know, several human rights and different challenges going on around the world, we felt that we could create a product called the Love Note, which mm -hmm. basically is to inspire people about how they need to, you know, be more united and, and share more love amongst themselves to overcome a lot of the challenges. So the inspiration part is there. And then also giving back uh, in terms of every single pair of products or, or shoes that we sell right now helps to keep a child in school for a week or more. Uh, we partner with a charity called Slump to School uh, Africa, which is based in Nigeria. And, you know, for every product that is sold now, we donate a certain amount of money to the charity to help sponsor uh, the education of kids. So one of our goals is to sponsor 100 kids in 2022. Yeah. It's a very, very huge goal. And that mm -hmm. means we also need to drive a lot of sales to be able to do that. So that is one of the things that we do to give back. But uh, it's also a very powerful motivator for you to scale, right? That's, that leads yes. me to the next question about uh, how you're planning to scale your business now that you know what your uh, motivation is, what your goal is, uh, which is extremely driven by purpose. Um, how do you plan to scale your business uh, right now in the U.S. as well as uh, outside Nigeria? One of the key things that we have looked into scaling, uh, one has been we're also trying to upgrade our website right now to accommodate uh, more, you know, currency options. Uh, even though we're operating from the U.S., we want to give a, a more global uh, outlook to our e-commerce uh, business operations. Uh, and at the same time, we're also working with our Kiks tribe. So we have a tribe of loyal customers who we want to bring into the fold to help evangelize uh, the brand and also drive uh, referrals and sales. And they in turn earn something out of that. And they also know that they also helping to give back to educate other kids. So um, basically it's going to be a lot of marketing spend, a lot of uh, product diversity. We are also expanding our product portfolio beyond footwear to athleisure, uh, apparel, accessories, so we're going to have a wider portfolio in 2022. Uh, we're also working with retail stores, third-party retail stores in the U.S., in Africa. So we, we've got presence in South Africa, Nigeria, uh, the U.S. We've got some retail partners in Ghana. We've got uh, a retail partner in Guadeloupe. And we're basically expanding uh, our retail footprint, brick-and-mortar partnerships, e-commerce. So it's basically touching... Uh, at least three major channels uh, at the moment in terms of how we want to get to our consumers, uh, you know, aggressively. So 
Absolutely. Um, you seem to have a lot in your pipeline right now, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, a quick uh, question about marketing, because you've mentioned uh, marketing in the US, how challenging it is. And you also yes. talked about storytelling and about right. influencer-based marketing. Um, right. So outside of uh, these channels, what are the channels that work the best for you as far as marketing is concerned, uh, specifically in the US? Uh, well, so, you know, one of the funny things about doing business around the world or anywhere as an entrepreneur is the need to constantly adapt to, uh, you know, the nuances of the marketplace and your environment. Uh, I think once upon a time, Facebook ads were extremely effective, uh, but I'm sure towards the end of last year, a lot of people noticed uh, there was an Apple iOS upgrade and that basically has shut off, uh, well, not shut off, but it, it's, it's affected the way Facebook marketing works. So obviously there's a pivot more towards other platforms like TikTok. Uh, there's a pivot towards more influencer marketing. There's a pivot towards email marketing. There's a pivot towards uh, experiential as well, even though with the COVID situation, we know that uh, it's not going to be the same. But then e-commerce is changing in terms of how we market. And I think that the next wave is really more about social selling. Um, mm -hmm in terms of, you know, sharing this message amongst existing tribe members and getting them to, to, to support and drive the growth of the brand. So um, that, that is where uh, we think that the next uh, wave is going to be in social selling and, yeah. uh, you know, more, more um, direct to consumer related um, mm -hmm. sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, building strong relationships with customers, with your community and with Correct. the audience you're targeting. That, that's, that's the next big wave. Uh, so we are uh, towards the end of this podcast. And uh, before we uh, wrap it, uh, I just wanted to know from you what would be your number one advice to e-commerce business owners or any uh, you know owners with products they want to sell. Um, what would be your number one advice if they are starting now or if they are in the brink of, you know, should I start or should I not? That's sort of, you know, in the cusp. Um, I think that the key advice that I'll give to anyone is to focus on the customer. Um, the customer is king. The customer, the, the customers of today know what they want. So I don't think we ask customers enough what they want or what they'll like to see. Um, customers should become more involved in the product development process. They should get them more involved in, you know, helping to, guide the, the, the brand uh, direction, especially in the fashion space. You're not entirely recreating something new, but you're doing incremental changes. So it's great to get the customer involved in the creative process so that they feel like stakeholders of the brand and in turn be able to help you actually drive the growth. Amazing. Awesome advice. Uh, thank you so much, Jide, to come on the show and uh, give us a lot of deep insights about how to expand, how to start and how to importantly market your product, uh, which involves, you know, not just marketing and just selling. It's also about creating a purpose, having a story to tell and also connecting with your customers. Thank you so much, Jid. Uh, thank you I think so much. Conversation. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.